0: Hello and welcome to the African Tech Roundup Episode 9. Now every Monday, we bring you the week's most important technology, digital and innovation news from across the African continent. Now my name is Andile Masugo, I'm a broadcaster and entrepreneur. And usually joining me on the show, as many of you might know by this point, is executive editor of iAfrican.com, Devo Mohapi. But today, alas, my good friend is unable to join us. I have a very special guest joining us for the show here today. His name is Lyndon Munetzi. He's the managing director of VoucherCloud. Welcome, Linden. Thank you very much. You might need to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, a quick boom-boom-pow about um, what you guys do over at Voucher Cloud, some uh, snazzy operation you have going there. I certainly hope you're
1: ready to factor your opinions into the discussions of the day. Absolutely. In fact, thank you for having me on your show. It's an absolute pleasure to be able to engage in this kind of dialogue. I think talking all things innovation and creativity and technology is always an exciting, absolutely exciting opportunity in a nutshell voucher cloud is the world's largest mobile vouchering and couponing service we currently exist in about 18 countries across the globe we are originally um, operated as um, a small little company coming out of bristol in the united kingdom uh, which used to sell uh, coupon books so you probably know these books that you buy at uh, cna where Um, You buy the book for 300 bucks and it gives you 2,000 rand worth of coupon. One of the guys there had this brilliant idea of uh, perhaps taking all of this content that was in these books and uh, putting it onto a mobile app. And they did just that. And to take it several steps further, we then factored in uh, location-based technology that allows us to know exactly where you are and to serve the best deals specials offers and discounts that are relevant to your location south africa was the first country probably within the next 12 months we're going to be going into five additional african countries kenya is always an exciting market when you look at anything mobile nigeria which is uh, by gdp the largest economy in africa ghana we're looking at uganda and a few others so it's going to be exciting over the next 12 months we're hoping to start making inroads building relationships and adding value to the customer and making sure that they benefit from what we have to offer A nippy little company with a
0: big it packs a big punch you can be sure that uh, we'll be watching your moves very closely and of course you mentioned kenya is an exciting market at the center of this week's discussion uh, i'll tell you a little more about that but a very special welcome to you if you're joining us for the very first time uh we all we like to say we love the regulars but we have special love <laughs> Special love for you if, you, if you're if you listening for the very first time. Be sure to catch up on what you missed on our past episodes. Head straight to africantechroundup.com, where you'll also find a link to our Twitter account. We'd love to hear from you. At African Roundup is where it's at. It's really handy for sending us a shout and telling us what you think of the show. And like I said, in our discussion segment this week, we'll be talking about Uber Kenya's experiment to accept cash and m payments. Now, before we head into the news, we're going to take a listen to some listeners. Feedback we've received. Now, one of the big stories we covered in our last episode was the fact that Uganda's commercial court declared illegal the mobile money operations of all five of the mobile money operators in that country, namely MTN, Warred, Uganda Telecom, Airtel, and Africel, who are of course registered as telecommunications companies and not financial institutions. Now, the ruling was made in favor of Bugweri County MP Abdu Katuntu, who had filed a petition seeking, among other things, a declaration to have mobile money regulated under Uganda's Financial Institutions Act. And now, needless to say, this news sent shockwaves across the continent because many feared that this might be a setback to the adoption of mobile money technology, not just in Uganda, uh, but in other African countries which might seek to make the same pronouncements. Now, eServe Global is a multinational firm listed in Australia and the UK. And they've been a source of innovative solutions for mobile and financial service providers for over 30 years. Now, they service more than 65 customers in over 50 countries, including Uganda. And here is eServe Global's product management director with some context to the recent developments in Uganda and why he thinks the commercial court's ruling might be an important step in the right direction for that country.
2: This is Gulven Bescon, I'm the ESER Global Product Management Director. The most interesting aspect of this story is the fact that 5 telcos have been able to launch and operate mobile money in a country for several years now, without having the regulatory right to do so in the opinion of the judge. So this development raises the question why, after several years of operation, is the legality of these services now being questioned? One possible answer is the fact that mobile money services are doing well. They have become so well accepted and they have matured to a point where they are now very developed and widely used across the country. So, is this causing concern to the stakeholders of the once impenetrable world of the traditional banking ecosystem? Because indeed, the GSMA MMU reported that MTN Uganda recording a 39.4% increase in mobile money related revenue in the six-month period to June 2014, resulting in a 40.7% uh, contribution to total company revenues. MTN Uganda's uh, mobile money users generated more than uh, 28.5 million transactions per month in the same period. So while some in the mobile money world might be uh, worried about this court case in Uganda, this should, be, this should not be considered as a, as a significant threat in the, to the mobile money industry. In fact, the opposite might be more likely. These procedures are likely to prompt regulators to seriously consider developing a framework of clear regulations for mobile money, a step which would be welcomed by the industry. Clear the enabling regulation for uh, mobile money services is an important step on the journey to financial inclusion. So, and even if the tribunal in this case condemns hotel costs, this won't be the end of mobile money in Uganda. In such a case, it will simply be a matter of time before the telcos either partner with a traditional financial actor who, who has a license to operate financial transactions or alternatively to become themselves a financial institution. The latter option would probably imply a more complex and potentially costly process, but if mobile money becomes the successful business that many are predicting, then it might be an option worth taking.
0: Now straight into the news we go.
2: African Seed Fund and
0: Accelerator
2: 88
0: miles per hour says it's taking a break from investing in startups. They've been pretty bullish in this market with 36 companies being invested in between 2011 and 2014 uh, in countries like Kenya and South Africa. Now they're claiming they've fully invested their funds. What
1: do you think? Look, um, I think uh, it was probably going to come to a head sooner or later. I mean, considering the fact that uh, most uh, venture capitalist players are starting to become a lot more cautious with their money, especially within the emerging market space, where we are obviously often tainted with the same brush as Greece, who have turned out to be very irresponsible in the manner in which they manage their economic affairs. As a result of that, you will find that we've all taken a knock in the emerging market space. The RAND in South Africa has been taking a beating as well as other emerging markets because of all of this uncertainty it was inevitable that a day would come when these venture capitalists would say okay we need to be a lot more cautious about the way we're just investing in new opportunities this
0: development is interesting or at least this announcement it is interesting given a short while ago 88 miles per hour shut down its Kenyan operations and Human IPO um, the tech publication which which was founded by 88 miles per hour's uh, founder uh, Kristen burch it was shut down basically due to the inability to attract advertisers and now they're sort of closing the book on on
1: investment as well. Is there a link? I think it comes down to actual market relevance. If you've traveled across Africa, you'll find that many of our multiple markets are very, very unique and different. Kenya, likewise, um, being a very fairly advanced uh, emerging market is um, quite different from South Africa, which is also an emerging market, which is very different from Nigeria, which is also an emerging market. In certain respects, some of these entities try to kind of cut and paste solutions from one market into another that will not work when you're dealing with africa with an emerging africa that is such diversity and such vibrant and different interests in my view that would probably be one of the factors around why they might be failing for instance to attract advertisers perhaps this has a lot to do with the fact that um advertising space within the Kenyan context for instance is 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 viewed quite differently from the way it's viewed in other markets
0: Christian Buch has of course said that in the next 18 to 24 months 88 miles per hour will be focusing on working with the companies they've already funded uh, trying to get some good return for their investors and their founders and if you're a startup founder looking for funding in in the markets in which they've been they've been investing heavily over the you know the past few years unfortunately they won't be able to help at the moment
1: which is quite unfortunate I think Africa actually needs a lot more venture capitalists, investors. It's the only way that uh, we can actually start actively growing our economies, by growing entrepreneurship, by trying to nurture and 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 you know promote that innovation that is just growing and bursting forth out of the youth of the African continent.
0: Uh, some interesting news coming out of Kenya. Uh, in 2006, Joma Kenyatta University of Agriculture and Technology partnered with Kenya's Ministry of Industrialization and other public and private partners to to build desktop computers are branded at the time Imado. They assembled at the time 1,200 of these, so this this is no Dell, uh, certainly no HP going on over here, but but certainly a, a great effort to sort of try and spur the growth of tech and industry within that country. Now the institution has designed a medium and scalable assembly line uh, with the capacity to, to churn out 4,500 units a day, and they're launching 4,000 brand new laptops branded Taifa
1: uh, very soon. I think that's quite exciting. The one thing you'll find about Kenya is that Kenyans are very, very patriotic. Take reference to the day that Castle Lager tried to make an entrance into Kenya, and we're talking in the late 90s. Kenyan business essentially went into overdrive to promote this whole notion around Kenya my country, Tusker my beer. When Vodafone partnered with the Kenyan government to launch a uh, mobile network operator, they called it Safaricom, and so forth. And you find that these companies have just done so well because they are authentically Kenyan. So in in doing this essentially what these guys are doing is they're creating an authentically kenyan product that goes by a kenyan brand i mean taifa is a swahili word this is absolutely the best thing that they could be doing right now authentically branded kenya
0: bravo to kenya this is awesome loving the brand can't wait for it to come all across the continent how awesome would it be to to sort of buy into a beautifully african homegrown brand this is awesome of course this and big up to this amazing university um their forward-thinking leadership Jomo Kenyatta university uh, of agriculture and technology Uh, you guys are doing great because i mean some of this planning started in 2006 for it coming to fruition now students coming to that university now have the option to use a homegrown product fantastic i can't say enough about this? Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Right, well, how about this? Free movies and calls are coming to South Africa's capital city via Wi-Fi. And who do we have to thank for all this? None other than Project Isizwe, the non-profit behind the rollout of free Wi-Fi in the greater Pretoria, while now called Tswane area. And soon residents in Tswane will be able to make on-network phone calls and stream movies for free, including the very latest
1: blockbusters. Isn't this awesome? Oh, absolutely. I think um, the fact that uh, information is now readily available in this manner. If you think back just a few years ago, I mean, internet access in most of Africa was such a challenge, but now it is actually being provided on a municipal level. What makes it even more interesting is that you've got um, some of these content based companies such as, you know, uh, the Netflix of the West and, and, and some of those that are saying that they can provide movie streaming and other such innovations, which is very, very, very good. With regards to uh, network phone calls, the Voucher Cloud is actually a operational subsidiary of the Vodafone group. This is one of the realities that we are having to contend with on that front. And while I am not a Vodafone spokesperson and cannot make any policy statements to that effect, the reality of network phone calls and what that means for the good old age of normal calls per minute and that sort of thing is definitely something that is coming to an end really fast. We've seen what WhatsApp has done, we've seen what uh, Viber has done, and there's more and more of these players coming on all the time. That's quite an admission to make in the sense that
0: the, the, the future is here and um, it just means uh, a rethink of models that perhaps have worked in the past and I'm sure Vodacom will figure it out Vodafone certainly has a lot of smart people working on it uh, interesting it probably has implications on certainly specific to Voucher Cloud and how y- you know the model in which you guys make your money certainly this should be something you guys would embrace
1: wholehearted. well absolutely that basically means that every single user of a smartphone who does not have data on their phone is now able to access our service and you um, you find uh, that the telcos will still remain relevant in this space because um, what they're doing now is that they're becoming part of the platform or the backbone behind the provision of this high-speed data. Increased data uptake by consumers is a strategic objective of just about any telco out there. How it happens, be it on the back end, over a Wi-Fi signal or over your SIM card, we are still probably staying relevant one way or another.
0: Certainly innovation happening everywhere you look. In this case, this project, Project Decisway, is aiming to have, by October this year, free voice over IP calls. Uh, They plan for the system to be integrated into the city's call centers, and residents will be able to report municipal issues, You know things like broken traffic lights, maybe potholes and stuff like that, uh, whenever they're in a free Wi-Fi zone. And later, listen to this, later they hope to allow free Wi-Fi users to communicate using instant messaging and chat rooms as well. What gets my attention is, is the movie side of things. And yeah, I love my films and I love my content. Isn't this awesome? They're partnering with companies that used to provide drive-in services. So companies that have long gone out of business, but still have the relationships and the and the sort of the rights to distribution of content in that space are partnering with Project D.C. so that these hotspots can now be places you can drive to and sit and watch movies from your
1: phone or your laptop or something. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that awesome? That's innovation at its best to me. Oh, absolutely we're coming from a place where you had to go to the movies to a place where now the movies come to you and now we're moving it back to a scenario where there are specific places you go for the movies so we've gone full circle it's actually quite interesting but um, I think uh, the fact that these places are actually coming back into you know into operation just gives us something else to do on the weekends which is absolutely great don't you think? I
0: think Pretoria is screaming
1: yes! yes! <laughs> we featured last week the awesome
0: efforts of the MasterCard Foundation uh, and its uh, association with Ames. This week, uh, we feature the boom of tech education disruptors, uh, Andela, uh, in Kenya, and of course, We Think Code in South Africa. Uh, This is exciting because uh, Andela, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, is a global uh, talent accelerator. It's set to launch a Kenyan boot camp this month uh, following its successful launch in Nigeria where they received over 10,000 applications in their first six months of operation. The Andela program identifies talented young Africans and trains them to become top developers. They develop this talent and then plug it into some of the leading global companies of today. And with only a 1% acceptance rate, Andela claims to be One of the most selective tech training programs on the African continent.
1: Any opportunity of this kind that actually creates training opportunities or positioning opportunities for the youth and building them up and helping them to realize turning their potential into reality, so to speak, I think should absolutely be embraced as a company that actually lives and works and operates within the app space. One of the things that's becoming very apparent is that um, you've got more and more apps being developed across the board because the level of utility is just massive. We talk about South Africa now where um, we've been having a a bit of an energy crisis and some people innovated and came up with a ESCOM app that speaks about load shedding and this has just gone so big because of this issue that's going on and it tells you when the lights will be on and when the lights will be off. Um, We also have uh, Beyond Vouchering and Couponing apps. We've got apps that give you information on just about anything and the more African young people start to embrace their sense of creativity in developing apps that speak to what their own local contextual communities require, the better place Africa is going to be.
0: Andela called for applications from Kenya, Ghana, and South Africa. They promised that wherever the demand would be the greatest is where they'd open next. Uh, Nigeria, obviously, pumping. Kenya next. Apparently, they got 1,200 responses to their very first call for applications, and, and that boot camp starts really soon. More good news from from right here in South Africa. A radical new computer education initiative called We Think Code on its way to South Africa. The project will offer free information technology training to anyone who qualifies. Now, this one's interesting. Uh, because, of course, it's in partnership uh, with the very successful 42 training facility in France, which is producing in excess of 1,000 skilled computer professionals per year. No registration or tuition fees will be required. Uh, Training will take place over a period of two years. And they'll, of course, have their training uh, period being four years, uh, quite an extended period. We Think Code uh, is a non-profit organization and anyone can enter this
1: program as long as they have the talent and certainly the aptitude. I see that they're going to be partnering with a lot of the top corporates as well with a view to once again uh, training developers for the individual companies as well as obviously positioning a lot of these new people that are joining their program for eventual careers within the actual corporate space a major part of this as well is uh, as a non-governmental organization they're obviously looking at growing entrepreneurship as well which means that um, you will then have even more tech savvy and market focused individuals in the market who can add value Exciting
0: times to be on mom's soil at the moment. Certainly if you have talent, you want to be checking out these two initiatives, get involved. And for our final story, here's an interesting one, Ad Dynamo. Ad Dynamo is a global contextual advertising marketplace. Uh, Ad Dynamo connects brands to relevant audiences um, across an ad network of over 55,000 publishers. Now, Ad Dynamo launched in South Africa in 2009 and um, it's just made a decision to retire the part of its business that's made it famous and certainly successful to this point, to allow it to focus exclusively on Twitter ad sales, a partnership they've had with Twitter, which they secured in 2014, an exclusive arrangement they've had with Twitter for the African continent. And they're saying, we, we love our roots. We've enjoyed building this amazing network. Of course, they own a massive the share of the market in South Africa, and they've grown to other parts of, of the African continent. But you know what? Our relationship with Twitter means a lot to us right now, and we're basically going to work exclusively for them.
1: Interesting t- times, right? This is coming hot on the heels of uh, uh, the resignation of the CEO of Twitter just the other day, where he has resigned and one of the other co-founders has kind of stepped in as CEO and um, this is all on the back of the fact that they have had some substantial difficulties in monetizing. So you will probably find that uh, they're putting more and more pressure on partners such as Ad Dynamo to actually start getting rid of all the other little distractions as far as Twitter is concerned and focusing more on the Twitter business and we know Twitter is huge all over the world however obviously when it comes to monetizing digital spaces there's still lots to be learned, lots to be understood we're all in a learning curve and uh, what we knew yesterday isn't necessarily relevant today but it's an exciting space and I mean we're looking forward to seeing what happens here. Saying that Twitter has disappointed in as far as it's ex- in the expectations of people who
0: have invested given the success of, of companies like Google and Facebook and their IPO and, and and their performance post-IPO. It would be an understatement to say they've underperformed, certainly um, in the light of what people expected. Uh, no doubt companies like Ad Dynamo are going to be throwing their full weight behind uh, a company like Twitter and uh, CEO of Ad Dynamo, um, Sean Riley was quoted this week as saying that it was a tough decision and they've been grappling with it for some time. And that's Ad Dynamo's roots while in their ne- ad network is, is definitely fully behind Twitter. The good news though that no one's lost any jobs or um, All their resources are being uh, basically repurposed and, and focused on their only client from this point on, I guess.
1: I think Twitter by far is probably one of the most engaged platforms across the globe. People are tweeting all the time about everything and are probably the biggest single news source. And when they eventually came in with the hashtags, now you can actually search and ensure that you're getting the relevant content for what you're looking for, which is just absolutely amazing. How this is monetized, once again, is the big question. So really looking to see how AdDynamo Dynamo come through on this one, as well as all the other aggregators in the other countries across the world. Exciting times ahead for Twitter. Good luck to you guys, Dynamos. Well, that takes
0: us very nicely into this week's discussion point, where we'll be talking about Uber Kenya's recent attempt to improve the adoption of their service uh, in Kenya by allowing people to pay in cash or in PESA. And a shout-out to you, Kenya, for featuring so heavily in our in our news feed this week all good news uh, mostly good news and uh, exciting news coming out of that part of the region how much how much care do you think a monster and I think it's fair to call it a monster a monster in a very sort of happy sense What? how much care do you think a monster like Uber takes in moving into really in the context of a global setting, into a tiny, teeny, tiny market like Kenya.
1: The challenge is exactly that, that Kenya is then considered by most of these bigger players as a teeny, tiny market. And in so doing, perhaps they, they take certain things for granted. However, there are realities to the way that Kenyans work. Speaking about Kenya's transport system, their public transport system, they've got a fairly organized system. Rather chaotic in certain respects, but fairly organized. You just need to know your route number and you can get to just about anywhere. So from that perspective, I think uh, the cab business will probably always face stiff competition. Then there's the reality around the fact that as an emerging uh, market, they are probably having a fast growing middle class. However, Kenya is one of those countries that uh, still allows the import of ex-Japanese or ex-Dubai or ex-Singapore cars into their economy. So a lot of this middle class can actually afford to buy cars. And um, these are all, you know, consumer realities that Uber, I would like to believe, would have taken into consideration going into that market. Then, of course, there's the payments side where you find uh, that Kenya has a very, very high unbanked segment of its population. And most of these people depend on M-Pesa, which is powered by Safaricom, as their primary mode for transacting. So their decision to actually go out and find a way to incorporate M-Pesa payments is probably the best way to go for that particular market. However, it's probably still going to be a little while before we fully understand whether this will work. If the Uber app can connect to M-Pesa via some kind of API to make the process seamless as it is in other markets where you simply load your credit card details then perhaps it's going to be the same experience that you get anywhere else however if this is not possible then I think that they have just sacrificed a major part of their user experience which is probably going to cost some customers in the long run.
0: Uh, they've already been having problems even with debit card and credit card transactions that they normally run on their service. Uh, social media has been buzz with with some complaints around people's card payments not being able to go through and of course Uber responding uh, in, in direct announcements saying listen if you're having any issues it's certainly not on our platform it, it, it must be your bank please speak to your bank and And perhaps it might speak to possibly some uh, passive aggression on the part of the ecosystem in Kenya uh, in response to
1: Uber's presence in that market. Absolutely. I think um, in in entering any country, really, I think uh, it's important to do your due diligence around, you know, who your key partners are and what your entire value chain needs to look like. And in Uber's case, uh, the banks are definitely a major part of their value chain. So if the banks are being seen potentially to be frustrating Uber's efforts in that country, then perhaps it's time for Uber to have a sit-down with with the Banking Association of Kenya and say how do we make things work in terms of card transactions. On the other hand, speaking to the M-Pesa point, the banks and M-Pesa have been at loggerheads over quite a protracted period of time because um, many of the banks believe that M-Pesa has taken a major part of the market away from them. I think without necessarily intending it, Uber might have come across as having taken a when they chose to work with m which could really complicate things for them. But it is important to ensure that you actually get to understand all the key elements of your value chain Build the necessary relationships and the necessary rapport to ensure that you can operate effectively in these markets.
0: I mean, we, we saw that certainly last week with uh, mobile money all but being declared illegal I- in Uganda uh, with uh, Justice Christopher Madrama of the Commercial Court in Uganda's Capital Compiler pronouncing mobile money uh, as, as basically illegal. Um, delivering a ruling, uh, t- basically an ultimatum to mobile money operators in that country, MTN, worried Uganda Telecom, Airtel, AfriCell, all registered in that country as telecommunications companies and not financial institutions. And I suppose there's so many considerations when when you move into a country in terms of registering the business and, and basically declaring how it is you'll make money, how you intend to interact with the financial institutions of that, and basically crossing, uh, dotting the I's and crossing the T's of, of all the regulatory framework of that particular country. I imagine even with, with Voucher Cloud planning to move into at least five territories, like you said earlier,
1: it's like pulling teeth in some respect. No, absolutely. I think uh, the regulatory process is especially considering that uh, Voucher Cloud is a transactional business. We drive transactions. It, it, it is absolutely critical that we form all the right partnerships on the ground be it with the banks with the with the with the with the pause uh, system providers and the different retailers with the retail networks uh, by engaging and ensuring that we are speaking the right language to the right needs of the consumers and ensuring that our entire value chain is taken care of look there's no doubt that uh, all the big telcos in in, in in Uganda have probably undertaken some of these studies but uh, to come across a scenario where mobile money is declared illegal because you've got a telecommunications license and not a banking license, I think that's very interesting. And that to me is a major, major exception. I sat in proximity to some of the people who were working at Vodacom towards bringing M-Pesa into South Africa. And I know that one of the big challenges was ensuring that they got the Reserve Bank approvals and uh, a banking partner to work with them and so forth in order to enable the whole process on the back end and to ensure that all the were crossed and all the dots had been marked and it was quite a process took a very long time but i think they're the happier for it now with over a million subscribers in just under a year and it,
0: it, what's interesting is that we're talking about Uber here <laughs> and not maybe Vodacom. Uber being being notorious worldwide for not giving a toss quite frankly about what governments think, what local industry thinks. They're just here to, to basically take advantage, to disrupt industries and, and create a model around a business that they know they work. I suspect when they move into any market they come with that sort of a reputation and perhaps a reputation that's not always lend to
1: sort of uh, playing nicely with everyone there I think there's two things to mention here and one of them I already mentioned earlier in countries like Kenya where patriotism is number one if you're coming in with a foreign concept and you're going against the taxi unions and the organized transport process I can assure you you're not likely to win you need to find a way to become a this is a very, very big thing. They cannot just be bullish. About a year ago, they had issues in Cape Town, where, where the taxi unions also went up in arms, and I believe, if I recall, they actually wanted to them to court because they felt that these guys were operating on a different level and it was disrupting their business they cannot just be bullish in the manner in which they enter new markets
0: i'd be curious to know what sort of license they 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 they, they're operating under over in kenya if you know please tell us tell us how you're experiencing the new uh, ability if you're in an area of course that permits it because it was a limited trial if you're in an area that um uber is is test running this um cash and impesa experiment please tell us how it's working uh, for those of you who are using the service on a daily basis or even less than that, uh, tell us how uh, easily it is to use even debit cards or, or credit cards. If you're an Uber driver, we certainly want to hear from you. We want to know if this effort on Uber's part has lifted business. Um, it's no secret that they've been struggling to onboard Kenyans to their service, which is certainly not something you'd associate with Uber. Uh, they've, they've basically just sailed everywhere else they've gone in the world. Um, they're struggling a little bit with Kenya. Do you have a unique insight over? over in Kenya about why it is they might be struggling a little more with this with this part of the world as opposed to everywhere else. Make sure you send your comments right through to us. Um, you can comment directly in our SoundCloud on africantechroundup.com. You can also give us a shout on Twitter. The handle is at African Roundup. Use the hashtag ATRU. And if you're interested in giving audio comments to any of the news we've covered or indeed the discussions we've had, please use the hashtag ATRU comment and one of our team members will be in touch with you uh, to extract your comment and share it with the rest of Africa. But before we go, a quick reminder that this week the African Tech Roundup is supported by Kokasi Hotspot. Uh, Kokasi Hotspot specializes in smart Wi-Fi hotspots and online solutions for forward-thinking township communities and businesses. For more information on how they can partner up with you, visit kokasihotspot.co.za. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Kokasi Hotspot to get a sense of their vibe. Otherwise, it's time to say goodbye. But before we do, a huge thank you to our guest this week. Our guest co-host this week, of course, being Managing Director of Voucher Cloud, Lyndon Munetzi, a longtime friend, uh, certainly a thinker of note. Uh, And look out for his company coming to a city near you, Africa, a city near you in the coming months and years. Uh, Thank you so much for
1: joining us, Lyndon. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on your show.